Yes, you are with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also catch us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Just search the Rob O'Donnell Show. And if you want to listen old school on the computer, you can go to WILKnewsradio.com and click Listen Live. If you don't have a radio handy, you're at work, want to listen quietly on your computer while you're in your cubicle, whatever it is you want to do. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, Pat from West Wyoming on masks again. Pat. Hi, Rob. How are you? I just want to put my 10 cents in about masks, even though I hated wearing them. I could not get the vaccine because I have high iron in my blood, hemochromatosis. I bought expensive triple-layer cotton masks washed after every wearing, took large doses of vitamin D, zinc, black elderberry every day, never got COVID, and I was out and about. My friends who got the vaccine and never wore a mask got COVID, so figure it. <laughs> well, I, I got the vaccine. I had COVID first. I got the vaccine when it came out. I got the COVID when the, the original strain was out before the vaccine was available. Uh, that was real bad. Uh, but I didn't end up in a hospital or under, even under doctor's care. I, I dealt with it at home for the 15 days, whatever it was. I did lose my smell or taste for, uh, I, I lost my, my uh, smell and taste for about a month. My smell didn't come back for a few months. And even now I smell um, s- cigarette smoke all the time. And mm-hmm. just recently, just random times, I'll in my bedroom, wherever, I'll just smell all of a sudden cigarette smoke. Um, and then I got the vaccine, the two shot, you know, series of the vaccine and then i got COVID twice again mm-hmm. later on so yep. you know I, i'm i'm all for it. listen if your personal choice is to wear a mask if it works for you you know i was also taking the zinc and vitamin c and everything else uh that they were recommending at the time you know it's all welcome it, it's just this this mandate you know we saw what it did to our children we saw you know and again if you're if you're a high-risk teacher in a school and you want to wear a mask as long as your kids can understand you and that's fine but you know, to, to make force kids into masks and, and to force, you know, everyone around here. And even to this day, like I said, the VA in Wilkesbury mandating masks for everyone um, is just antiquated. It's just, you know, how far behind are they? I think it should be a personal choice. I don't believe in how they push it. Absolutely. I, I agree 100 percent. Anyone, if you want to wear it, that's fine. I have zero issues with it. You know, matter of fact, you know, flying over the years for the past, you know, two decades, you know, there are certain people, a, a lot of Asians wear masks every time they fly regardless. I mean, this was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And, you know, I saw it and was like, all right, maybe they have some kind of compromising health issue or maybe they just wanted to be safe. You know, whatever it was, it was. Um, and I feel the same way now. If you want to wear a mask, that's fine. But if you're going to tell me I can't come into place or I have to wear it or I've got to, when I'm outside, I have to be wearing it, uh, oh. it's just ridiculous at this point. Yes. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for calling in, Pat. Okay, bye. Appreciate it. Um, we were talking about education earlier today about how a lot of employers aren't seeing that four-year degree as all it's uh, trumped up to be. And that's not uh, a key on words anyway. It just came out that way. Um, you know, they're not getting the skill set that a lot of employers would would like to see in, in college. As a matter of fact, they're coming out entitled and uh, what employee what employers don't want. You know, again, and except if it's a specific reason. And I want to give a shout out to the uh, person on social media who linked a picture of their their son joining the Air Force. Uh, when I said you only have uh, 900 and, uh, 
40 weekends before your child from birth to the time they go to college, and they said, or join the Air Force. So God bless and thank you for your service for joining uh, the world's greatest fighting force, our United States military. But we're, we were talking about higher education system, and Governor Shapiro, along with the Pennsylvania higher education system, PASHI, the Pennsylvania State System of Higher Education, is seeing the value in, in that and altering the way they do things in efforts to attract students to the general and the general public alike. Pennsylvania's higher education system will partner with Google to offer certificate programs that demonstrate their skills to potential employers. Students can earn a certificate as they get college credit within the Pennsylvania State System of Higher Education, and the public can earn a certificate through non-credit courses and workshops without enrolling in PASHI. Again, the Pennsylvania State System of Higher Education. The new public-private partnership will enable PASHI students to earn a Google Career Certificate during their regular undergraduate programs, allowing them to earn college credit and an industry-recognized certificate at the same time. Certificate options will be available for cybersecurity, data analytics, digital marketing and e-commerce, IT support, project management, and user experience design. And non-students can complete them within three to six months, the system noted, the PASHI system noted. Governor Josh Shapiro promoting a partnership on Tuesday at Millersville University, one of the state schools, argued that it was a continuation of his higher ed reform plan. My administration has been working on a comprehensive and meaningful reform plan for higher education. We need to make sure that we craft right now in the Commonwealth a blueprint for higher education focused on competitiveness, focused on workforce development, and grounded in access and ability for all, Shapiro said. Colleges in recent years have taken to offering more certificate programs in recent years as a way to prove they can prepare students for work and attract workers looking to switch jobs. Earlier this month, the University of Texas partnered with a system, partnered with Coursera to offer what it calls the most comprehensive industry-recognized micro-credential program in the country. Goodwill has also partnered with Google to offer job training and certificates for workers, and Illinois has similar programs for high school students in some parts of the state. The approach has been especially popular at community college, acting as an on-ramp to a degree, according to uh, Inside Higher Education. Findings from several states suggest that approximately 32 to 43 percent of certificate earners are re-enrolling in college and stacking credentials, they wrote. The evidence of whether credentials boost earnings and help lower-income students has been mixed, although, and benefits can vary greatly by the field and job type. Well, that goes for anything. Any field and job type is going to have fluctuations. It doesn't matter if you're low-income or not. The rigor and actual learning games from online certificate programs have also been questioned. Though they have potential, programs can have high attrition rates, and one participant argued they're neither a standalone solution or a silver bullet. PASHI leaders argued the collaboration will help students get good jobs. 
They're going to be both comprehensively educated and specifically skilled, Pashi Board of Governors Chairwoman Cynthia Shapira said. This, is, this will give our students a competitive edge in the job market. It's not so well, it is a competitive edge. What it's more so is increasing your skill set. And again, these certificate programs, a lot of them, because I've taken hundreds of hours of them, especially in emergency management and such like that from the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, they have a lot of online courses, certificate courses. You, you take out of what you put into it. You know, if you sit there and just breeze through it and don't absorb it and just want to pass the test to get your certificate at the end, then it's just what it is. It really doesn't do much for you. But if you truly want to learn something, and a lot of older people, and that's why I said uh, I appreciate that this opens it up to the community. Because I think if they get more and more topics, I know this is more IT because it's through Google, but if they get more and more topics that are more wide of, int- of, of more widespread of interest for, for you or I, something we may just want to learn that we never took up something we may have wanted to take in college that we just never had a chance to, couldn't afford it, or didn't fit in our matrix, um, you know, it would be great to have these certificate programs. You know, my, my wife takes advantage of a lot of these. She's, she's a master gardener through Penn State, you know, extension. She's done a, extensive work with a lot of Girl Scout troops in our area doing, you know, butterfly gardens and such like that. Plus, it's helped us with our own property at home, taking care of our fruit orchard, our vegetable gardens, and, and such like that. What it's all about is increasing your skill set. The more you know yourself, the more you can learn and teach yourself through programs like this, the better off you are. Uh, you know, it's why, it's, it's why I became a paramedic. It's why, uh, you know, I take all the, um, you know, through the Department of Homeland Security, I took a multi-week course in, uh, you know, the threat assessment and vulnerability assessments. Uh, ab- enabling me to travel the country and write up emergency action plans and do active shooter planning for organizations, for schools, for businesses, for churches, to, uh, to evaluate their facilities, to harden their facilities, to tell them where they could do better or where they're good and you know, where things could, could go from there. It's increasing my skill set. It's increasing my, my selling myself if anything that I enjoy comes up where I can go and say, okay, well, I've done all these things. Here's all the certificates I have. Here's all the certifications. Here's all the qualifications I have. So the more you can do that, I mean, my daughter in nursing, she's taking a certificate course in uh, sign language uh, because there is a great need for nurses and anyone who can do sign language, who can understand sign language, who could speak in sign language. And she's used it even with the, the, you know, just the simple certificate program. She's actually used it to speak to people in certain situations, uh, and it's coming handy. And again, it's not something that is necessarily a priority for her to go out and, and find a higher paying job for, but it comes in handy for her personally to be able to do it. And if their need arises where someone needs something like that, she can always throw her hat in the ring and say, hey, I could do that. I, I you know, I, I've, I've uh, studied that. And that's what this is about. And it's, it's more about increasing your personal skill set to make you a better person, a more marketable person. And once you do that and you do it to your fulfillment, meaning you're going to understand the material, you're going to use and adapt the material, you're better off in the long run and you'll become more successful in the long run. It's 521 here at WIK. Time for traffic and weather. 
And thank you, Rob. This Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update. We have a slowing on 81 southbound primarily between Wilkesbury and Scranton. There are areas where you're going below 35 miles per hour. Going northbound on 81, things are very jammed up. Lenox to Waverly, or Waverly to Lenox going northbound, uh, that due to the continued construction in that area. And heavy traffic, William Street in Pittston, Kaiser Avenue in Scranton, River Street in Wilkesbury. There, those areas may have some delays. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, clear and cool, low 50. Friday, sunny and less humid, high 80. Saturday, lots of sunshine and warm, high 83. Sunday, mostly sunny and hot, high 90. Labor Day, mostly sunny and hot, high 93. It's currently 74 degrees and sunny here at 522 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Um, you ever wonder if you're single what it costs to live in each state in America? Well, they did, and uh, they did some posting on it. And some, uh, most of it is not uh, unusual. You could pretty much figure where the highest cost of living would be throughout the areas. But as more adults are marrying later and choosing to stay single, a recent report calculated the average salary in each state which a single person needs to live comfortably. And no shocker here, New York made the top five. Uh, on average, single workers in the U.S. require an annual income of $57,200 to make a living wage in America, according to analysis by GoBankingRates.com. The amount is a couple thousand less than the average income of all American workers, regardless of marital status, 59428 according to Forbes. Now, here's where they kind of lose me. The determination of wage baselines, go banking rates, use data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics to quantify the minimum amount a single person would need to follow a 50-30-20 budget, meaning 50% for necessities, 30% for discretionary spending, and 20% for savings or investments. Now, in all reality, and I know this is coming from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, is anyone able to live like that at this point in time? I mean, is anyone really only spending 50% on necessities, 30% on discretionary spending, and farming away 20% of your annual income for savings and investments? Uh, if that's the case, I'm doing things wrong. I mean, I do pretty good when it comes to that. I do put a lot away in investments and savings. I do have my discretionary spending, but that's kind of just set aside, too, as a, you know, an emergency fund. It's not like I'm buying all sorts of uh, you know, outlandish uh, toys or, doing, or going on trips to outlandish places. Yes, I'm going to Virginia Beach this weekend, but I'm staying with family. And I'm driving down seven and a half hours. I mean, that off the bat is unrealistic this day and age. With the inflation we have, the cost increases and stuff like that, that in itself needs to be adjusted. I think a good majority, at least for middle and lower income, 
is not only spending 50% on necessities, 30% for discretionary spending, and 20%. Uh, of course, Hawaii is the most expensive state for singles, requiring them to rake in an annual salary of $112,000 to live comfortably. And again, this is by the 50-30-20 rule. Unfortunately, the average yearly salary in the Aloha State, which is one of the highest courts of living, falls significantly short at $61,000, reporting to Forbes. And that makes more sense. I mean, with a $61,000 salary, if they're saying following the 50-30-20 rule, $112,000 makes you live comfortably. Yes, because you're spending 30% of that on discretionary spending and 20% in investments and savings. So if you're making $61,420, you are meeting your necessities. You're just not having the discretionary spending and maybe only farming away 5% of your annual budget to a savings or investments. Or working second jobs, like most people do. Perhaps surprisingly, it's also the state where a single person made, uh, perhaps surprisingly, it's also the only state where a single person needs to make six figures to get by. Again, get by comfortably. Massachusetts, California, New York, and Alaska fill out the top five salary needs for those who aren't single. Now, Pennsylvania, we fall 20th in the country at 58,470, where West Virginia is at 49, well, not not bad, about $10,000 less. The cheapest state to live if you are single is Mississippi, which is a beautiful state, go there often. The coast of Mississippi, the Hattiesburg area, there's, there's great places down in Mississippi um, to enjoy. Arkansas is uh, there. Georgia, you only need 50, uh, I'm sorry, South Carolina, $50,000. West Virginia, you need 49000 Again, Pennsylvania, you need 58000 South Dakota is another uh, great place to live. I think that's Christy Nome State, right? Wouldn't mind living there. Idaho, 51,000. Uh, most of the Northeast, New York, 75,000. New Jersey's 71,000. Connecticut's uh, just about 70,000. So that's where you need to. And Florida, 56,000. Georgia, 58,000. So that's uh, as per the Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, you know, the average. Salary by state that you need to live comfortably in those areas. It is uh, 532 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 537 here in Northeast Pennsylvania, 74 degrees and sunny outside. Well, it appears we have another alligator on the loose in kind of our area. This is a New Jersey alligator. I wonder if it talks with an accent and uh, drives kind of crazy. New Jersey alligator on the loose. A reptile evades police capture. They spotted the reptile early Wednesday morning at a small lake in New Jersey. There's actually video and pictures of this. The sly alligator was spotted in New Jersey after evading authorities two times and leaving police shocked. The reptile was on the loose in the Garden State. Alligators, of course, are not native to New Jersey. No, duh. And it's still a mystery on how the reptile ended up in the Middlesex borough. Well, I'll tell you how. Somebody released it there. Uh, They're estimating it's about three to four feet. 
The alligator has been spotted in the waters of Lake Creighton, commonly known as the Duck Pond. Well, there'll be a few less ducks, I'm assuming, if it continues. And the uh, Ambrose Brook, multiple times since August 23rd. One week later, police and the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection is still working on capturing the elusive alligator. Authorities say that the crafty creature was first spotted August 23rd and then again during the overnight early hours of August 30th. Bystander reported uh, claims seeing a duck getting attacked and pulled under by the alligator. I see. I called it. It's, you can call it duck pond all you want. It might be duckless pond if they don't catch this thing soon. But a search failed to locate either the reptile or the duck's carcass. A video taken uh, of the alligator seen swimming is in shallow waters. Authorities shared in a Facebook update Wednesday that the Middlesex County Prosecutor's Office deployed drones Monday and the Middlesex Borough Department of Public Works, who assisted in searching the shoreline by boat, are searching for the reptile. Police also said that they set up a trap on the lake's edge near uh, the area of the last sighting. Local full law enforcement said it's their paramount concern is the safety of the community. We are continuing to coordinate with state partners to remove the threat that is a non-indigenous reptile that this non-indigenous reptile causes. Anyone who observes the alligator is urged to stay away from it and contact the borough police department. Um, yeah, we know how these things are getting in the water. People are letting them go. They're outgrowing their usefulness as a pet and they're just dumping them out into the ponds where they'll die come early winter we have another alligator nikki in in our area yeah this is another three foot alligator in middlesex county new jersey Mm. and that was spotted yesterday but it's been seen a couple times in the past week or so are you sure they weren't just displaced by the storms wildfires something if it's raining alligators we got some bigger problems (laughs) Gator, Gator NATO? What do they call it? Gator, Gator NATO? Like, who would want, like, I mean, they're kind of cool to look at and stuff, but why would you want one for a pet and think that you'll be able to care for it properly? Listen, I, I, my daughter had a bearded dragon that when we got was four inches long. By the time she had to get rid of it because she went off to the Naval Academy, it was probably 18 inches long. I mean, it was. It was yeah, they get pretty No, big. it was even bigger than that. It was probably almost two foot. Did you feel bad about having to get rid of it? Well, we gave it to a fa- another family member. One of her cousins took it. Well, that um, was nice, but what if you didn't have a cousin that would take it? And what happens when the cousin gets sick of it? Well, uh, then I would have got stuck with it. I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Are, they're not easy to take care of, really, are they? I mean,. I think, I think reptiles stink. They they do. I mean, bearded dragons are actually, as far as lizards go, they're the most pet friendly from from what I gather of all the types of things. They they kind of do. They're, they're very friendly. Um, uh-huh. No issues. But you you know you have to get live bugs every now and then. You got to feed it. You got to change it. Make sure the tank's clean. I mean, it is it is like taking care of any pet, of course. Yes. But I could do without the live crickets. And and if he doesn't eat them all, then you hear them. Creek cricketing all, all night, night and in it's, your house. yeah, it's it's not a good thing. And and if you lose one, it's just nuts. But the good thing about losing one is you let the lizard loose and he finds it. <laughs> there you go. So it's a uh, five forty. So I could have called you when I had crickets in my house to say, hey, can you help me bring get rid the of bearded these? dragon over? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, 
Uh, it's 542 here now at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Hey, thanks, Rob. This Pentella Data Internet traffic update. We do have a lot of holiday travel, I think, already starting in Northeast PA. So there are various areas of slowing on 81 both directions between Wilkesbury and Scranton, especially complaints coming in about 81 northbound from Pittston to about Music, where things are just jammed up. And then 81 southbound Music to Avoca. That's not looking good either. Either of you who have that construction on 81 northbound uh, beginning after the Waverly exit that has you jammed from Waverly to Lenox and heavy traffic on North Main Street in Old Forge as well as Davis Street in Scranton may be causing some delays. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, clear and cool, low 50. Friday, sunny and less humid, high 80. Saturday, lots of sunshine and warm, high 83. Sunday, mostly sunny and hot, high 90. Labor Day, mostly sunny and hot, high 93. It's currently 74 degrees and sunny with no alligators in sight here at 543, your official weather station, WILK. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 546, 74 degrees and sunny out there. Be careful driving home. We want you to get wherever you're going safe. If you're headed out to party on the patio tonight, enjoy. I believe I, I saw they extended it for another week, so they're going to have an additional week of party at the patio this year. Jake, you headed over there this, this week or n- none for you? Uh, not today. Not, no party at the patio. He's all party patioed out. Well, well, here's the interesting thing. Hey, I gotta fix this mic here. <laughs> Just hang on one second. We'll have Jake in a second there. He's gone to party at the patio a couple times, said it was a good time. I, my wife has been to one of them with her friends uh, from either the gym or school. I forget who she went with. Who knows? Maybe I should ask those questions next time. <laughs> All right, let's give it another try there here. You go. So Sound real good now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's up with that one, but. Uh, yeah, I saw where it's been extended another week through September 21st, and it just so happens, it just so happens the one on September 21st is a Leonard Skinner cover band. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So good, good chance that, that you'll probably see Kelly and I there for that one. I mean, that is my favorite band after all. <laughs> September 21st, huh? September 21st. That'll be the last one for the season. We might have to take a work uh, road trip after work there. <laughs> that would be awesome. There we go. <laughs> well, there you heard it. You heard it first. Another week uh, extended at the party at the patio over here in uh, Wilkes-Barre at the arena. Uh, not the arena, at the, the Mohegan Sun Casino. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's all, <laughs> all the same name, different Yeah, places, Mohegan, though. Pennsylvania, I think it is now. Yeah. But is it? Yeah. All right. Um, let me go to the phones. We have uh, Glenn from Plains on the Citizen's Voice. Glenn, how are you? Oh, uh, well, I'm distraught and upset and very sad. Is it, is it a done deal? That, uh, well, is, it, the, the sale is, is a done deal. It's been sold. Um, what now? What's, what's going to happen now, no one really knows. Okay, here's what I call it to say. I, I have a journalism degree from Temple University, first of all. I've been studying and observing what happened to uh, local television broadcasting, and it's disgusting. From what I understand, they're all owned now uh, by big corporations. 
They send in these efficiency experts and tell them how to get their ratings up. So they constantly have animal and pet news. And it's, it's, it's become features as opposed to any hard news. They're a sham. Really, they're clownish. The meteorologist gets to have fun, and that's good. He, shouldn't, he, he gets to mess around. But the news readers, and that's what they are now. They're not anchors. They're not broadcasters. They're news readers. They get younger and younger ones that work cheaper and cheaper. So these big corporations are just keeping their eye on the budget. And this goes back, you're probably familiar, um, to um, ABC, NBC, when they started cutting the budgets. I guess it might have been in like the early 90s. They started cutting the budgets of newsrooms uh, and um, um, started putting profit first and news second. And this has filtered down terribly into local uh, broadcasting, which is useless. I, I tune in as a student first. And for weather, they know we want the weather. That's why they have the weather up front, and that's good. We want the weather. Very important. But um, it's disgusting to sit there and they talk, have to have animal news every day. Uh, I know what they're doing. I, I spent lots of time, 10 years in newsrooms. Um, they're sitting around joking, drinking coffee in front of their monitor. Well, let's see, what do we have here? Oh, here in California, we have a zoo that's um, you know, trying to crossbreed a couple of different kind of birds. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. I like it. They're clowns joking around in these newsrooms. They become circuses, not serious newsrooms. Well, and they're given the parameters that they're given uh, based on their corporate really? structure. I mean, the, 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 we know you know how it works. I don't have to explain it to you, but you you know how they get their marching orders, they get their program selection there, and that's that's what they have to put out there. Um, hopefully, we don't lose the local fabric here, but who knows? When you have a conglomerate from Colorado taking over all our local newspapers for the most part. Um, you know, can it get better or will it probably just be looked at as a, a financial decision to make as much money as possible? I compliment WILK and other talk radio shows. Um, it's very important. I could call in and have this discussion broadcast. This is wonderful. And, you know, your callers, they're, they're serious people, regardless of their points of view. You're, you are providing such an important asset that becomes more important as the other alternative medias become less and less serious. So really, I, I thank WILK and the anchors you have. They're serious, well-educated, uh, well-experienced people. So I appreciate the talk radio of WILK. Well, I appreciate that, Glenn, and, and maybe we'll see what happens with this situation, and maybe there'll be just more and more of a need for us to, to get more and more of the local information out there because uh, uh, there'll be less avenues for it. Yes, thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Glenn. Have a great day. Um, and, and he's right. Um, and it, it's at no fault of the people who work at our local TV stations, our local news stations. They are given a script. They are given a platform. Uh, I know a lot of them. They are very good at their jobs and could easily do um, the journalism and, and the broadcasting that's needed for our area. But when big corporate takes it over, which is what pretty much everything here has, has done as far as our, uh, you know, TV news, even our local affiliates for, for the ABCs and uh, NBCs and CBSs and all the rest of them. Uh, I, I saw this, and I just wanted to get this out there because there's just been so much going on. Uh, where FEMA 
has been forced to restrict disaster spending because of low funds. From now on, the money will be used only for critical response efforts and not for rebuilding. The Biden administration has stopped helping states rebuild from past disasters with money from the federal government's main emergency fund, which is nearing depletion from dozens of storms and wildfires this year. The restrictions will put pressure on Congress to approve President Joe Biden's August 10th request for $12 billion in emergency money to replenish the disaster fund. Speaking to reporters at the White House on Wednesday afternoon, Biden stopped short of vowing that the federal government would provide sufficient disaster aid during a critical hurricane season. If I can't do that, I'm going to point out why, Biden said without explicitly saying he would blame lawmakers for stalling or rejecting his $12 billion request. How can we not respond? My God, Joe Biden said. And, and, and here's, here's the thing. There's really not an issue here, but it's really the only bargaining chips given at times. When you're spending billions of dollars, trillions of dollars nationally on illegal migration, but you want $12 billion to replenish our emergency disaster fund, maybe we should limit the amount of illegal migration coming in that's costing cities billions of dollars, that's costing the country trillions of dollars. So we have that money freed up for when a Maui happens, for when a hurricane comes through Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. And it's just the first one of the season here, pretty much for 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 our, for our hurricane season on this coast. I mean, the the one that hit... California was a tropical storm when it finally hit, but it was a hurricane at one point, um, is not the norm. And we're supposed to have an above-average hurricane season. They say, uh, you know, the, the water is warm in the Gulf and in the Atlantic Ocean. So we'll see where it goes. But rather than just pointing a finger and saying, they won't give me more money, How about you negotiate that, yes, we can cut money here, we can cut this here, we can prevent this here, and this way we have the money available. That's the way government's supposed to work. Not a back and forth a threat, not holding people who are vulnerable because their lives were destroyed hostage. Work like a government's supposed to work. That's what America wants, and we need to start demanding it and look past the partisan nonsense. If things are budgeted correctly, if things are planned, if things are negotiated, there's plenty of money in the American budget to do these things. It's just we're trying to give money everywhere else. And when it comes to us, when it comes to disasters here, when it comes to the things that we need as Americans, we're put 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th on that list, if if that high even. We need to demand more from all our public servants. It's uh, 5.56 here at WILK. We'll be back to close out the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. That's it for this last day in August. Tomorrow, the first day of September. We have a great show lined up tomorrow. A young lady who's overcome pretty much everything. You're going to love tomorrow's show. I'm going to have her on at 4 o'clock with her family. And look forward to it. I'll post a little teaser in the morning on social media. Guys, we'll do it again tomorrow. God bless. Be safe. We'll see you then.